Saturday with Colm O'Mungan on RTE Radio 1. Hello again. Well, festival season has been getting underway in the last couple of weeks. Forbidden Fruit is on this weekend in Kilmainham in Dublin and some of the other big events on the festival calendar like Body and Soul, Longitude and the Electric Picnic will be highlights of the summer for many. And some attending those festivals will be taking drugs. That's known at this stage. And a new initiative to test powders and pills voluntarily handed in and then sent... and then send out an alert if anything potentially dangerous is detected in the substances on sale at the event is being rolled out on some at some festivals, but not all. Jan Ivers is Professor of Addiction Studies in Trinity College, Dublin. I spoke to her earlier and she began by explaining how this voluntary testing process works for drugs that are surrendered at festivals. Well, yeah, just to say that it's actually a HSE pilot, so it's HSE staff there and they're testing the drugs. So, yes, the person hands over a sample. They don't get any of the sample back, obviously, and they test it in relatively real time, and then they get the message out as quick as they can. You know, they're not a brand. They're not quality controlled. So it will just be a description of the pill or the powder. And just ask people, you know, there's a picture of a pink tablet with a skull on it you know we we found that it's highly potent and and please deter from using it you can see that it, it will keep people safe if they adhere to it but there's massive limitations with that type of testing as well for people who are presenting with a sample of drugs what's the arrangement with the Gardaí around the testing site Excellent question. Yeah, so I suppose that's been the kind of logistic that's taken so long um, just around the legality because remember the guards have a job and their job is to police and drugs are illegal so they're supposed to be policing that. So at festivals, which is the pilots that we're seeing at the moment, the agreement is that there's an amnesty bin and that people can go to that bin without threat of being arrested. The issue is that for young people, will they feel the threat of that? And will they donate? And and I suppose we know that people that are researched at festivals, it does deter them because they're... They are afraid to donate, but they're doing it at the moment and they're doing it in other jurisdictions. But I would suspect that if we had a different system, that it would be better utilised. Amongst the younger demographic, what are the drug-taking patterns insofar as you can generalise? Again, we're relying on this from the EMCDDA, European Monitoring Committee on Drug Addiction. They're really good at capturing this across Europe. So we kind of know that the big hitters are MDMA, cocaine and ketamine. And then as people get a little bit older, it's probably more cocaine. Alcohol obviously features across the board. And then in terms of national figures, we know that we had an opioid problem that was at epidemic levels, and that's kind of on the decrease, So, and it has been for a number of years, thankfully. Things seem to go in waves. When MDMA first came on the scene, the received wisdom was it shouldn't be mixed with alcohol. Nightclub owners used to complain that drink sales dropped when dance music was being played. But those drug-taking habits change over time. Is it the case that people are back to taking MDMA on its own? I think, again, it will go back, column to the demographic. I think younger people probably are taking MDMA and other substances, and then that kind of 30-ish, 35-year-olds are, are taking it with alcohol. But it will feature across the board. And taking cocaine and alcohol together is a particular risk that people may not be aware of. Yeah, it's a real risk. When a person takes cocaine and alcohol together, 
the body produces cocoethylene, which is a toxin, and it can be detrimental to the cardiac system, and it can it increase many-fold the risk of a heart attack. So we know that people who die from cocaine use and, and overdose, they'll often rather experience a cardiac event like a heart attack. Using any drug on its own is always better. So in terms of harm reduction, we should be advising people to, if you're using cocaine, try and just stick to cocaine. And the same with MDMA. Probably a public health message that we should shout louder about. You mentioned at the beginning there that the amnesty bins operate in a way where people donate and then they have to wait for the results and the analysis in them. Would it be better if they sat in at a testing facility, observed the results themselves, and maybe if this wasn't limited to festivals? So you're, you know, you're totally on the money in terms of where we should be going. And again, based on scientific evidence, we should really be looking at front of house testing or fixed sites. So in other words, a young person attends a service and they have their drugs tested. But while they're there, they're also given an intervention around how they use drugs, why they're using drugs. And again, that becomes quite a responsive way to address this. And then they would get their results of the drugs and the potency and the adulterants before they leave. But it really gives us that opportunity to intervene when it's needed, but it also keeps it on the agenda. Because at the moment, the HSE are piloting this based on the recommendations from the National Drug Strategy, but it's not a sustainable model. Realistically, this is something that should be put into communities um, so that we can keep people safe across the board, as you say, in that nighttime economy, not just limiting it to festivals, because that's not where the risk and the deaths of the, you know, always occurred. I mean, you've said on, on a couple of times that, you know, it, it's better to do this than this. I mean, you're not taking an entirely benign view of taking drugs. Absolutely. I would always say it's better not to take drugs. They're highly unpredictable. There's no, as I say, quality control. It's never, you know, guaranteed because you took a drug one week and it looks the same, it's going to be the same. Or indeed, how your body reacts to that drug, it can be very different. So my line is always not to take drugs, but we know that a huge proportion of society are using drugs. From a public health perspective, we need to keep people very safe. And in order to do that, we need to give them the information. And that was Johanna Ivers, Professor in Addiction Studies at Trinity College Dublin, speaking to me earlier. And Neil Richmond, to you first, this has been rolled out at a number of festivals. If it's a good idea at festivals, is it not a good idea all year round at other venues? Yeah, I think possibly it could be. You know, I think first and foremost, let's run the pilot programme. Obviously, it started in Mullingar last week. Over 23 hours of harm reduction hours were put in. And not only do you see people you know, um, putting drugs in and then getting the message about that these are dangerous, but you also have people who are able to get attention, medical care, who might possibly be having a, a reaction to those drugs as well. Could it be done more widely in society? I think there is absolutely a pathway for that, for sure. Rona Murphy, do you agree with that? I do, of course. I think it has to be. I mean, society now is, there's a large portion, countrywide, rural areas, wash with drugs. Um, I think we need education. I mean, there's a lot of people who don't know that mixing alcohol and cocaine can cause a cardiac arrest, particularly in the younger cohorts. So I think it's about education. It's about safeguarding those who do use drugs rather than just 
deep, making it a moral issue. So I think, yeah, it's certainly something that we need to do. And we also need to look at the prevention of drugs coming into the country. That's Dar- a whole debate in itself. Darren O'Rourke, I mean, people going to festivals, maybe occasional drug users, they may be regular drug, drug users, but in areas and amongst cohorts of people who are regular drug users, this is surely a vital service. Oh, I think it is. It's it's important and I think, you know, it needs to be part of a, a wider suite of, of measures and interventions, um, you know, hopefully informed and enlightened by, by the upcoming uh, Citizens' Assembly, um, you know, not to preempt any of that conversation, but I think, you know, we need to look at, you know, health-based approach here. We also need to invest in services and supports, uh, regional drug task forces. Um, you know, I think it's, it, 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 it is re- really important um, and as, as, as others have said you know education and form and awareness um, you know we I think we have the third highest uh, overdose rate in in the EU that's that's something that has to be addressed on the information Neil Richmond about you know mixing alcohol and cocaine some people may experiment with cocaine when under the influence of alcohol for the first time in, in that environment but they may not be aware of this yeah and I think it goes back to the, the final point of your contributor that like you're putting poison into your body, cocaine, MDMA, ketamine, you're putting poison that is unpredictable. Alcohol, of course, is a drug as well, but at least it's it's verified and you know what's going in. But information... But it's known as on government to put out that information, information more strongly public health information, in the correct venues. Absolutely, I think there is. But the bottom line has to be that drugs are illegal and people shouldn't be taking them. But if they are, yes, let's put out that information. All right.